What's up, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Keeping Up With The Commanders. Today, we have on, back again, by the way, first repeat guest on the podcast, Rio yeah. Robinson. Welcome to the show. What's going on, man? First repeat guest, yeah. man. Love to hear that, man. Thank you for having me. No problem, no problem. It's been great. I know we've been gone. Uh, the podcast has been gone for like a month. I went on a trip. I got sick. I'm better now. We're good. So, and a lot has happened in this last month. Uh, Washington. Much. Yeah, Washington has pretty much dominated pretty much every team that they've played against over this last month and a half. This We've won six of the last seven games, which is crazy. Um, I don't remember having a winning streak like this or a group of wins like this in quite some time. Uh, it's definitely been quite a few years since we've probably won six out of the last seven. I don't know exactly when it was, but crazy. it's been a lot. One and four to seven and five is just crazy to me, so... Um, I mean, why why do you think this commander's team has just gone on from one and four or now seven and five? What do you think has been the big shift into getting back to the winning ways? Uh, for one, like we haven't had seven wins before the month of December since 2008. Where were you born around 2000? I was, <laughs> like 2004, I was born in 2006. So. 2006. <laughs> you were two years old. You were a toddler last time. Yeah. This team has had seven wins before December. So that yeah. should not be something that scoffed at. But this team is winning because mm-hmm. the run game and the defense. The run ga- The defense is playing outstanding out of their minds right now it's it's crazy how far we've come since booing jack del rio back in july when they were doing training camp practices to him being the best coach on the staff right now it's crazy he's finally utilizing talent i think the firing of sam mills and Mm -hmm. zanina and kerrigan whatever they're teaching our defensive line up front they're taking the tutelage and they're performing at ridiculous level. Jonathan Allen is playing at an all pro level. Deron mm-hmm. Payne is playing at a pro bowl level. Montez Sweat is on pace for his first double digit sack season of his career. They're playing great. We're finally seeing the ascension and consistent growth of Jamin Davis and yes. our safety pairing of Cam Curl and Derek Forrest are outstanding. That unit is not yes. getting enough credit. I'm not taking away the effect that Taylor Heineke has on the team. Guys get juiced up to play with him. The moxie and the energy he brings, it definitely galvanizes the locker room. But I think personally, his play leaves a lot to be desired, and it's being carried by the defense in the run game. And Mm -hmm. I think the narrative that fans run with, with the Heineke 6-1 and and Heineke this, Heineke beat Rodgers, I think we need to pump the brakes on that, and we need to put some respect on what the defense and what Brian Robinson Mm -hmm. Jr. and Antonio Gibson are doing on the run game because it's got us smack dab in the middle of the NFC playoff picture. Yeah, I completely agree with that. We're right now sitting in the seventh seed with the Seahawks overtime loss to the Raiders on Sunday. So right now it's uh the it's basically on us if we want to make the playoffs or not because right now we're sitting in it and uh we control our own destiny. Going back to Taylor Heineke, I feel I do feel like something with this team, something with all the veterans that have been with Heineke when Wentz was in, I don't feel like people were trying as hard as they were when Heineke stepped on that field, and started his first game. I forgot which one that was. Um, but oh, it, was it, was, the, it was the, it was the, um, was it the yeah. Packers game? It might have been the Packers one. I think that might have been the first yeah, one. Yeah, his first game was yeah. the Packers. Yeah, that was, oh, yeah. And then 
the teams just looked completely different since then. Yes, we won one or two games in that winning streak before that, but this team since the Packers game has like they're playing at another level. It's I know Heineke has not played great. Okay, um, it's kind of like the Jimmy Garoppolo where he can get the job done sometimes, and he can be good enough so that all the pieces you've built around him can succeed. But I, I just don't think he's like that guy and again wins in my opinion are not a quarterback stat so the uh it's it's kind of a little bit um off and on in terms of some people are good with Heineke yeah it's it's very varied him and Wentz present their own roller coaster of emotions Mm -hmm. like and honestly we didn't have we didn't have a set or stable offensive line group when Wentz Mm -hmm. was in nor did we have a run game and nor was the defense playing good the defense was giving up a lot of stuff when Wentz was playing like I don't mean to start a quarterback controversy whoever is playing well win Mm -hmm. games and go out there and ball out but I don't like Taylor is doing almost enough but he's also doing enough for the other teams to keep them in games each week and it makes me want to pull my hair out at times and as soon as you have any objective criticism or constructive criticism about Taylor Heineke the fans grab pitchforks because they're forming these hives and these factions for these players I just want to see the team win I'm happy that we're winning but I really don't care who's in it quarterback. And I would not be surprised if at some point down the stretch, Ron goes back to the guy he's paying $28 million. But I'm, we're not there right now. We're yeah. winning games right now. Mm-hmm. Keep the ball rolling. Taylor, please play as good as the fans yeah. treat you. Because yeah. we, we might be an unstoppable force if we see playoff versus Tampa Heineke ever again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. Right now, um, I saw that we were sitting in the playoffs at the season ended today. I know we're a little bit ahead here, but we'd be playing the Vikings, and that's mm-hmm. a team that we definitely contended with. Again, four of our five losses have come against teams with seven or more wins. Mm-hmm. So the this team is a very. It's been a harder schedule than I feel like people have uh, were thinking about coming into the season. I think there's a lot of teams like the Giants for one that have a much better record than what people expected them to have. But we are contending against good teams. You can take out the first Eagles game, and you can take out the Cowboys game as well. And then the Lions, I feel like, was just an off day. But we beat an Eagles team that was the hottest in the NFL. We were a penalty away. And Again, I know it's not just a penalty, but basically a penalty away from getting a chance at beating the Vikings in the final few minutes. Um, I think this team is definitely a lot better than what people are giving them credit for. And again, a lot has gone, uh, a lot of the praise should be going to the defense and the offensive line. And Brian, I can praise a lot of people right now, but mainly because of that defense and that front seven as well has just been so good. Oh, they've been, they've been excellent, man. That defensive unit is getting after it, man. Like you said, we we choked against the Vikings. We had yeah. the second seed in the conference up. 10 points with 11 minutes left in the game. And we had our chances. We had a terrible turnover. That interception Mm -hmm. Heineke threw absolutely killed us. Scott called some dumb stuff. And we also had that that Benjamin St. Juice pick six that was called back because of some hand fighting with Jefferson. But this team looks to me in a conference that does not have a juggernaut like the Chiefs or the Bills, they are competent quarterback play away from contending for the conference right now as we speak. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Um, again, back to the defense. St. Juice was out against the Falcons on Sunday, mm-hmm. but our secondary didn't. I mean, we bended. I felt like, but we didn't break. Uh, the um, Marcus Mariota had some. Uh, there's a lot of yak that I felt like for the Falcons wide receivers, mm-hmm. and Mariota had some stuff across the middle of the field that was pretty open, but. For Rashad Wild Goose and a seventh round picking Christian Holmes being our cornerback two and three, I think we fared pretty well mm-hmm. uh, against the Falcons and Drake London and those guys. Again, I sh- okay. So Jamin Davis, I I threw a lot of hate at him over this last summer and over this last off season. I know a lot we of people did it too. <laughs> uh, it was it was pretty bad, but I have to apologize. He has played great so far this season. On that first drive against the Falcons, he was everywhere. I felt hey, like don't don't, don't don't apologize though. Like as yeah. fans, we have to call out bad play when we see it, bad coaching when we see it. We That's gotta right. hold them accountable. We're the people who pay and take time and dedicate energy. Mm-hmm. We we create content. We take t- mm-hmm. precious time out of our days to talk about these guys. If they're not performing, call it out. So we don't necessarily have to apologize, but he is balling. Continue what you were saying. My bad. Yeah, it's fine. No, it's fine. I completely agree. The, um, he was pretty much just all over the field. I On that first drive, it felt like every tackle was him. Mm-hmm. Every time they got a tackle across the middle of the field or um, on the sideline, it was him every time. Uh, so I just want to shout him out and how well he's been playing, especially in the last few weeks as well. So uh, I feel like he's starting. I don't know if he's 100% there yet, but he's starting to fill. I know he's been calling plays recently, which has been a big improvement, which we love to see. Uh, so he's starting to really fill into that role that Ron Rivera and this defensive coaching staff thought that he would be. Um, I don't know from day one, but definitely a lot better last season uh, than he is this season. It's, sorry, a, a lot. Yeah. it's been a blessing in disguise, mm-hmm. Cole Holcomb's injury for Jamin Davis, yeah. because he's completely had to take over that room. He got the green dot now. He has play calling responsibility, and mm-hmm. he stepped up, and he's taking that role head on, and he's been balling and growing every week. I'm proud of the growth of Jamin Davis, and I'm mm-hmm. proud of what Jack Del Rio, Ron, Coach Zanina, what these guys are doing with that defense right now because they're finally starting to look like the unit we imagined when we drafted all these first-round guys, and we still haven't put the cherry on top of that unit yet. We're still waiting on one more. (laughs) So waiting on one more to come back. Hopefully he comes back this week against the uh, Giants, but I I don't know. I have a gut feeling that they're just going to wait, make him wait through the bye uh, but I mean, maybe we see a little bit of him before the bye. Just see what he's, uh, what he can do. Because if he does play, it's only going to be probably 15, 20 snaps. Maybe it's not going to be a full starter um, playing time. Uh, the second, I already talked about the secondary, but the safeties as well. Uh, we talked about them a little bit. They're playing great. Derek Forrest, he had some big time hits in the game against the Falcons. Ooh. Like he was knocking people over. There was a tight end or a fullback that just got decked by Forrest uh, on a run play that was like seven or eight yards, which felt like the momentum kind of shifted to the Falcons for a second. And then you saw uh, Derek Forrest just come in and smack the uh, smack the crap out of, the, out of that tight end. And then crowd goes wild. And it, it's, it's basically the commander still had momentum because of that hit, which was great. Shout out to him. Uh, Cam Crow has been playing pretty well. Now, in my opinion, looking at the film, I know Cam Crow, he's definitely playing pretty well but i mean he's not playing incredible i feel like in coverage but um he's not, he's not. it's i mean 
he's definitely on the down. I feel like since we're praising the entire safety unit, we're kind of praising him too. But we do have to – I mean, you saying like shout out when players play bad. He, he's not playing his greatest right now. We've definitely mm-hmm. seen him play better. It's not time. McCain bad, but it's not mm-hmm. as good as he can play. He's not playing to his potential. You're right. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah, Forrest has done great. Um yeah, so far the season. So, uh, yeah, that's what that's what's now. We got the Giants this week, um, and in the future, or looking at our future schedule again at the Giants this week, we get the Week 14 bye, which I feel like it's going to come in pretty clutch because I feel stamina maybe could be um, an issue come this playoff run. So I feel even though Week 14 bye is not really what you want at the beginning of the season, I feel like at the pace we're at now, a week fourteen bye, you get to rest up a little bit before you get that. You hit that last stretch where you go at uh, sorry versus Giants at Niners versus Browns and Cowboys. Um, that's pretty much of a tough stretch there. And uh, looking at the schedule, I'd be happy if we go three and two, but um, if the, at that point we'd go, we'd be ten and seven. Well, well what do you think here, uh, schedule wise and win wise? We got Giants, Giants, 49ers, Browns, Cowboys to finish this off. This is the biggest game of the season coming up this Sunday mm-hmm. at MetLife. This game puts us in the driver's seat to pretty much almost confirm that we're going to make the playoffs. And that's why this is why I say that because we get this eighth victory on Sunday. We go into our bye week. The next three weeks, we are game planning for the same team. We beat them on their home turf. We jump them for the sixth seed. We jump them in the playoff seeding. Mm-hmm. And then we get to see them again. Meaning if we could pull off this one, if we finish the sweep of the Giants, we're almost fully 100% guaranteed to make the playoff unless we completely crap the bed and lose out or something. If we could go into the San Francisco game on Christmas Eve, nine and five, with three chances to get the double-digit wins, I think nine could get you in the playoffs in the NFC this year. But nine and five going into Christmas Eve with San Francisco, Cleveland with Deshaun, and then Dallas – you get three chances to get the 10 wins, and 10 wins gets you in the playoff. One yeah. and two gets you in the playoffs at that point. That's mm-hmm. why this game this weekend matters so much. I think we finished the season 10 and 7. I think we split with the Giants. I think we beat Dallas week 18, and then we beat Cleveland, and our loss comes to the San Francisco 49ers and one to the Giants. That's interesting because it feels like once we go uh... – one and two uh, in the next three games, Giants, Giants, Niners, we'd be one and two in that stretch, and which would put us at eight and seven. Mm-hmm. And then you're saying we beat the Browns and the Cowboys. So basically we win ourselves we win ourselves at FedEx Field to the playoffs. The momentum and the like the yeah, the momentum and the amount of fans that will show up at that Cowboys game, if we beat the Browns, I feel like it, it would be a win and we're in. It uh, should be. It should be. And there's a chance that Dallas is clinched and not even playing their full allotment and assortment of players. But I want their full roster. I want to play Dak Prescott. But I'm not going to be mad if Cooper Rush comes to FedEx because we owe him one after losing him earlier in the season before we got our lives together. But, yes, that would be an absolute electric mm-hmm. atmosphere to close out the first commander season, playing Dallas, the whiteout game, to punch your ticket into the playoff. But I would love to be clinched before then. It would be I nice. Be, it would be yeah. nice to go in the weekend, yeah. relax, <laughs> eat up. Like, hey, we're in the playoffs regardless, man. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> I agree. But I do think no matter what happens in these next two Giants games, we have to win at least one of the stretch of Niners, Browns, Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And all three of those teams can fight. We've seen this Browns team with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback. They've struggled in some games, but they've also been able to fight to the end in other games yeah, and win some close matchups. So um, I, I don't think the Browns is an easier win. Again, it depends also on how Deshaun plays when he comes back uh, this week, I guess, against the Texans and then throughout the next few weeks as well. So there's still a lot of questions in this Browns offense, but they have the weapons. David Njoku we saw making big plays. They got Amari Cooper, who knows Washington's defense pretty well. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, and then uh, the defense as well. When they're healthy, they're pretty good. So, uh, I mean, but again, when they're not healthy, they're, they're horrendous. So it's, uh, it's up to them there. Um, I, I'm looking here at the Seahawks schedule because the Seahawks, I feel like are going to be some main opponents with us for this last or one of these last NFC playoff spots. Mm-hmm. Their schedule is they're going to play Los Angeles twice this week and then the final week of the season. But they also have a stretch of uh, at home against San Francisco, okay. at, at Arrowhead, and then at home against the Jets. Oh, that's a bet. That's so, a bet. <laughs> so though, if they lose all three of those games, I feel like we it, we're in our own, we control our own destiny. If they lose to San Francisco, Kansas City, New York, or if they get upset by either Los Angeles once or Carolina as well, who's also on the schedule. But I, I think that one that three game stretch between week fifteen and seventeen, San Francisco at Airhead. And then back home against the Jets is going to be a pretty big stretch for the Seahawks and and for us as well. Watching and keeping our eye on the Seahawks as well to see uh, how they will fare in the final few weeks of the season. But yeah, uh, there's going to be a lot of questions for this future. Any other things you would like to say here about this final stretch? Oh yeah, all I say also is, hey, Sean McVay, pull off a miracle, man. It would be nice to have some breathing room if we could win yeah. a game and Seattle lose a game. It would be yeah. nice to go into our bye week just chilling before Seattle goes into that mm-hmm. tough stretch that they go into. But yeah, man, we just got to take care of business, man. We got five games left. Three and two confirms you're in the playoffs. Two and three mm-hmm. is possible. You can't win less than two games. Period. Yeah, I agree with that, and. Okay, I know it's a little bit ahead, but do you think if the Commanders do blow it here in this five-game stretch, one win, um, and don't make the playoffs, do you think Ronan is on the hot seat? I think... Or do you think he's locked? Do you think he's locked for this 2023 season? No matter I what? think he'll be here regardless of 2023 because, fingers crossed, I think we will be under new ownership. And by the time that the team sale will have to take place, the hiring period will already be passed. So Ron and company are automatically going to be here in 2023, regardless how the season plays out. But yeah, just that would be horrible though. Like if we just went one and four down the stretch and ended up going eight and nine after getting ourselves smack dab in the middle of the playoff picture, it would be bad. And it would almost feel like it was a wasted season because we Mm -hmm. went from seven wins to seven wins to eight wins. There was really no progress made and we still haven't found a permanent fixture at the quarterback position. So that would Mm -hmm. be a disappointing finish to this season. But I think Ron and company are safe here for another year at minimum. Yeah, I think so. 
too. I didn't bring the ownership into uh, into a factor there, but I think yeah, with the new ownership um, possibly coming in this next off season, it'll hit around the time of uh, again the hiring cycle. If it does happen, I feel like it'll hit around the time of the hiring cycle to the start of free agency somewhere in there. I um, speaking of the off season. Mm. Uh, I was listening to your live stream the other day and you brought up some pretty interesting points about possibly drafting a quarterback in the 2023 draft. So before I say anything, I want to hear your opinion again of um, your thoughts on possibly drafting a quarterback in this upcoming draft. One, I need to know where we're picking because that matters as well. Mm. You can always manipulate and move up and down the draft. The two quarterbacks that are superstars right now, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, even Deshaun Watson, all three of them were all three of them were acquired by postseason teams who made significant trades up from the 20s. The Bills even traded twice. They traded up from 21 and I believe 14 to get up to seven or eight to get Josh Allen. The Chiefs came up from 27 or 28 to 10 or 11 to get Mahomes, to 10 to get Mahomes. And the Texans came up from 27 to 11 to get Deshaun Watson. So it is possible if you love your guy, even if you did make the postseason, you can get a quarterback, man. You're probably mm-hmm. not going to get Stroud or Young unless one of them starts falling down the board. But you can be in the conversation for Will Levis, who's not my favorite quarterback, but I understand the traits. Will Levis, um, Anthony Richardson, a guy like that, or if someone decides to drive Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington earlier than expected. But my preference for a quarterback would be a drafted quarterback in the first round. Like that's usually the formula to how you find your guy. What I don't want us to do, but what I expect us to do is to make a typical Washington veteran move and either sign Jimmy Garoppolo or trade for Derek Carr or sign him if he's released. That's what I expect Ron and company to do. But Mm -hmm. I think it's time that we aggressively pursue drafting a quarterback. If we decide to go the veteran route and wait till 2024, I don't know what kind of sorcery you need to do to get it done (laughs) in the Caleb Williams discussion because Mm – Bringing that DMV talent for days and probably Heisman Trophy winner this year, he is what we've been searching for for a long time, and I feel Mm -hmm. very confident in saying that. He's probably going to be the first off the board in 2024. Yeah, I agree with that too. Personally, um, I have – I agree with a lot of taste. The young Stroud, I expect both of them to probably end up in the top 15 somewhere, and I feel if we do go for a quarterback, that is – that like if we do trade up for a quarterback into the top 15, I think it has to be CJ Stroud because Bryce Young is pretty much a lock at number one with the Texans. Mm-hmm. I don't I feel like no no one, they're not it's kind of one of those Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence situations. There's no no way you're gonna be able to trade up uh to the number one overall pick this year. And then uh CJ Stroud, I feel, especially with the perfor- the performance against Michigan. I'd, I'm not personally I'm not high on him. Um, the first evaluation I did, I gave him a late first round grade, but he's probably going to end up somewhere between seven and fifteen. I feel somewhere oh, around you think there. He's going to go seven and fifteen. I think yeah. I think he's going to still end up in like the top five because Stroud is good. Stroud is not mobile as I'd like him to be. Mm-hmm. He kind of refuses to run, which is kind of a head scratching trait of his. But mm-hmm. he he. 
he put a lot of passes out there that were dropped versus Michigan too. Like, and Michigan yeah. just had their number down the stretch. But Stroud's good, man. But I think where we will be drafting and where we could trade up, I think we're in Will Levis, Anthony Richardson from Florida Territory. And I think Anthony Richardson is the most intriguing prospect in this class because he's raw, but just like a few guys I've seen coming out, the Josh Allens in the world, he yeah. has all the tools and the traits in the world, the mold, and we have a bridge quarterback. We may have two bridge quarterbacks on the roster so we could let him cook for a little bit. And I think Ron could see a lot of Cam Newton, but a better natural passer in Anthony Richardson. I think that's the most interesting name that nobody's talking about as far as this 2023 quarterback class. Yeah, I I, I mean, personally, I'm a Gators fan. So mm -hmm. I've watched every single Florida game this year. And I've watched Anthony Richardson, and he again, he his ceiling is probably the best quarterback in the NFL. I'm gonna say it right now. His ceiling, it's or maybe one A, one B with Patrick Mahomes. That's all I need to hear. I don't need yeah. to hear anything else. Yes, sign me, sign yes. me up for that. Yes, but also, I'm not again. Will Levis and Anthony Richardson. I don't know if it's because me or what NFL draft uh, draft execs think. I don't think either of them is going to go in the first round. If they do, it'll be in the last 10 picks in the first round. And I feel in those la or last 12 or 11 picks or whatever, from 20 on in the first round. And so I feel like we could be in prime position to draft a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson, depending, saying that we'd probably make the playoffs. And if we lose in the first or second round, I think we're in prime position. Maybe we'd have to trade up four or five spots, maybe depending on where other teams land. But I feel we would probably be in a great position to draft Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. And another guy I want to talk about, again, uh, I, I think you're against drafting another quarterback in a late day two to day three scenario, right? Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want no parts of that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. But if it does happen, okay, a guy I would keep an eye on is Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Yeah, he's a very um he's like an anthony richardson light i yeah, feel he uh he can do and and he's a better passer as of now in my opinion than anthony richardson is he's more polished but um, not again he's not as polished as a cj Stroud probably or bryce young but he's definitely more accurate more consistent on his throws than anthony richardson but again anthony richardson a guy that i have loved ever since he committed to florida um I, I would love for him to be a Washington commander. Yeah, man. I think that's the that's the play for us. If we make the playoffs, the play mm -hmm. is to be in the 20s or the late teens. You take your chance, you roll the dice, or you do the Lamar Jackson thing. You take your mm -hmm. corner, you take your Joey Porter Jr. with the 21st pick or whatever, and you take your second round pick, you get right back at the end of the first round because it is important to get that fifth year option mm -hmm. when it comes to drafting for quarterbacks you do the lamar jackson thing and you get anthony richardson in the building y'all love taylor heineke let him be the bridge let him in yeah, now let him. compete to be the bridge quarterback while we get this young uncapped potential talent upside guy ready and mm -hmm. when richardson's ready to take off you have your guy for the future yeah i completely agree with that um now a name that i wanted to bring up i I think it was someone that brought it up on the podcast before. Maybe it was you. It's Tyler Huntley. 
Uh, he's going to be a free agent this offseason. Would you consider him at all in this uh, stretch? No. I'm okay. good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm cool. That's what I the, thought. I'm cool on the retreads. I'm cool mm-hmm. on the backup quarterback acquisitions. Like, swing big or just stay put and swing harder in 2024. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, I don't think it's going to happen. But if I'm going to trade for a quarterback, it's a, give me an impossible candidate trade yeah. for Lamar Jackson or Aaron Rodgers. I don't want Derek Carr via trade. That's mm-hmm. pretty much like a, a little bit of an upgrade from what we did with Wentz yeah. this year. I don't want any more like stagnant, Like I want a significant upgrade or I want mm-hmm. a draft pick that we can mold and develop into a franchise quarterback. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's swing big or go home at this point, especially if you're thinking about Ron Rivera and the staff, depending on how the dominoes fall at the end of this season. Again, it, it might come into effect what they want to choose as their quarterback option next year as well. Well, I have a question to- for you. Yeah. I have a question for you. If Arizona floated out and put Kyler Murray on the trade block, would you make a call? I, I would definitely make a call. 100%. I think you at least have 110%. He he has attitude issues and he likes to play Call of Duty, but <laughs> a talent care. a talent like that at his age, mm-hmm. you definitely make the call. At least I, mean, so. I was at training camp. Jamin Davis likes to play Call of Duty too. Okay, so we, <laughs> we get uh, basically our defensive quarterback and our actual quarterback to play Call of Duty together. I think we're I think we're fine. I think good we're, team I think we're good. good team building, yeah, right team there, bonding. Man. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, Kyler Murray. Definitely. I think he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I don't care what people say. His rushing ability, unmatched to anyone not named Lamar Jackson. Um, so I think he did definitely. You you make the call too, right? right? Oh, I'm definitely making yeah. that call. I have issues with his effort at times and his personality, but who am I to not call Kyler Murray when our quarterback room is next year is going to be Taylor Heineke and Sam Howe? Who the hell am I to say no to calling Kyler what do you think it would take to get to get him though? On a oh, no, massive he has, contract. He has a massive a, contract. Yeah, he does have a massive contract. I don't really care about money because NFL money is like monopoly money, and good teams find a way to manipulate it. But it would take something substantial. But I I look at it like this: when you trade for a quarterback, comp- compare him to the draft class coming mm-hmm. out. Kyler Murray's up. He, he's either going to be the first or second quarterback taken if he was in this class, him first. or Bryce Young. So that's why I would definitely consider it. But I doubt he'll be available. I think the expendable piece there is going to be Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's yeah. going to be the one that gets axed, and they're just going to find another coach to build around mm-hmm. their franchise guy. But I'll definitely make the call, though. And I'm yeah. definitely making the call for Aaron Rodgers just to see. Just to, just see, to see. Because he's playing with a bunch of toddlers in Green Bay, and he still looks like Aaron Rodgers with a broken what? finger. Imagine him with the weaponry we have here and the defense we have. It'd be pretty good. But what do you make? Again, uh, I don't know if his performance and what we saw after Sunday night's game, what do you make a call for Jordan Love? I don't know if he's going to be available. Probably not. But nah, he's too much of a mystery. Like I don't know what he, I don't know what he is, and he's been in the league for what four or five years at this point. He's five like, years in an con- enigma. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. They're gonna see. They're gonna have to try and pick up his fifth year option this upcoming off season. Mm-hmm. So that that's gonna be interesting to see what happens there. So uh, that could also be in the works as well. But yeah, 
Anything else? Any other stuff you want to say on the quarterback class? And, oh, I don't know why they would be fielding offers for him, but a guy we loved and considered trading up for, if Chicago floated out Justin Fields on the trade wire, I'd make the call. I'd make, I'd the, make call. the call too. I, de- I definitely – I would give them this year's draft pick. I'd give them next year's draft pick. I'd give them the draft pick after that as well. So 2023, 2024, 2025 first – Give me Justin Fields. That's aggressive, but I would do I would do a substantial trade for Justin Fields because I think I think he would do he would do well here. Well, what we do here and what we have here, like he's managed to grow without really any substantial help there in Chicago. They have a defensive minded coaching staff and Mm -hmm. they haven't given him much to work with and he's managed to still take steps this year i think justin fields can be an absolute superstar and he's become a top three rushing quarter justin fields is about to run for over a thousand yards he's like sixth in the league in rushing right now he's sixth in the yeah exactly i (laughs) and and he was out this week too and i think he's still sixth in the league yeah that's crazy so uh it's it's crazy all right well we got what fields murray I don't know. There's a lot of question marks this offseason, and I feel what Ron Rivera does this offseason will definitely tell a tale on if he's here in 2024 Mm -hmm. or not. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, Anything else you want to say here? You're not not ready to give Han Heineke a a large contract and say you're the guy? (laughs) Okay, wait, one thing we didn't bring up. One thing we didn't bring up. Heineke is a free agent this offseason. What do we do? Bring him back on another incentive-laden yeah. deal. Another okay. deal that looked like with a bunch of Monopoly money. Like, here mm-hmm. here you go, Heineke. Two okay. years. A bunch of incentives or something. Two years and, like, 9 to $10 million total uh, of incentive-laden Monopoly money. Like, yeah. I'd seen something today, and it made me, like, cackle out loud. It said Taylor Heineke's market value is $19 million a year going into this free agency and I literally like I wanted to throw my phone across the room. <laughs> 19, 19 million a year. <laughs> For a guy that did that that has almost lost us multiple games this year. Yeah, Single handedly. We're talking about a guy that doesn't even flirt with three hundred yard games and barely flirts with two hundred. <laughs> yeah, barely gets over two hundred. Yeah, we went we went nine quarters without seeing him score a touchdown. But I'm not here to harp on the Heineke hate. It's not that we're hating. We're just being objective. Exactly. Paying Heineke $19 million to play football would be football malfeasance, and I would not support that decision <laughs> at all. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel if uh, – hold on. like He's basically throwing, I feel, as if – he was Justin Fields from like week one to like week five. Yeah, pretty much. He's completed like 11 passes a game, 11, 12, 10, 15. It's mind-boggling 15. to me because this is a guy who's been in Scott Turner's system for four-plus years. He's been with him in Minnesota. He's been with him in Carolina, and he's been with him for multiple years in Washington, yet they still have training wheels on him. They still treat him like he's a rookie quarterback, and people say – Y'all would just hate on Howell if he got it. No, Howell is 21 years old. You accept these rookie mistakes on a weekly basis from a 21-year-old who's wet behind the ears. Taylor about to turn 30. Taylor's <laughs> Taylor turn, exactly. 
He's been in the league for but people years. will tell you he's gonna have that Geno Smith jump next year. Trust. Yeah. That that's what that's what a lot of people that's believe, man. Saying, like yeah. and oh, man, like and we haven't even talked about Sam Howe. At oh, some God. point, I want to see if Sam Howe can play NFL football. But he's a not, fifth not, round pick. Yeah, he's a fifth round pick. We don't have to babysit him or treat him like or pacify him like he's the first round pick. But I want to see what he can do at some point because mm-hmm. and that, he's that's- in the middle. He's in the middle of Wentz and Heineke to me. He's mobile like Heineke, but he runs better, and he has an arm like Wentz. I at least want to see what he could do running this system at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I guess that's another incentive to clinch a playoff spot before Week 18 because if the Cowboys do end up getting a higher seed or they can't move anywhere in the playoff picture come Week 18, they're probably going to bench Micah Parsons. They'll probably bench some of their other starters and. Same for us. If we if we can't do the same, and if we're still gonna have a uh, uh, away game, probably uh, that would, and, that and would be well. so opportune to be able to start Howell and make the playoffs. Like week eighteen, like that would be so reminiscent of the Chiefs doing that with Mahomes. Remember that year that Alex Smith last started for the Chiefs, their mm-hmm. final game of the season versus the Broncos. They started Mahomes. Mahomes didn't throw any touchdown, but you saw all the flashes of brilliance that we later got to see on a full time basis starting the next season. So it would be great to see a flash of what Sam Howe could be and a playoff spot. That would be like a win-win for us, but we're yeah. getting a little ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we are. All right. Well, um, where can people find you uh, on uh, social media? Oh, oh, yeah. Just like you see down here at Rio underscore Robinson 91 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and on YouTube at Rio Robinson shows called Rambling with Rio. We're almost up to 6,000 subscribers. And if you're at the stadium at any point this year, come holla at me, man. I'm vlogging. I'm always having a good time. We keep it fun. And we rep the burgundy and gold all year long. And we do it from an impartial and objective point of view. I'm a lot, but I'm I'm not for everyone, but I am for most, man. I appreciate you for having me today. All right, no problem. Left hand up, left hand up. Yes, left sir. Hand up. All right, see you guys in the next episode. Peace. Yes, sir.